welcome again. We are so blessed to have you with us. Man, God is doing some great and mighty things, amen, in this hour. And we're so blessed to be a part of the work of the Lord and the things that He's doing here in our community as well as around the world. And so we're so blessed to have you today as our guest. Uh, I'm so honored to have one of my greatest friends, Dr. Daryl Rogers, with us here today. This man has been a tremendous strength to my wife and I and to our family. Uh, he's helped train so many of our leaders in the church. He's helped train me. And uh, just to be able to have this man in our lives as well as doing ministry together is just a tremendous blessing. And uh, we've been talking about the the role of a pastor and experiences of pastors. And if you didn't see our first episode, uh, go back and watch that. You will definitely enjoy it because there's an understanding that people had about pastoring, even to this day. And our prayer is that through this time that we share with you, that you'll have a greater understanding and a greater appreciation of the gift uh, of the ministers that God places in your life. Not just pastors, but the ministry gifts that he places in your life. And um, I mean, just what a wonderful topic, right? Amen. Is this something that you've enjoyed doing, being a pastor? How, how, is, how has that affected you? Know, I, you? <laughs> honestly, you know, I, I've been thinking about this for the last months, maybe a year. You miss the contact with people on that level. It's, mm. it's different when you are a, a professor or teacher. You're dealing with people from uh, the perspective of them leaning on you for the teaching and you interact with them. But it's different. It's different than the pastor role because people really draw on you when you're the pastor. They, they're they looking for at you for the answers that they need in their life. And so God uses you supernaturally to be able to impart into people's life because they're drawn on you on that anointing. It's you know? true. And, and, and you know, I, I, that's one of the things that I've had to learn as a pastor and as a minister is uh, it's what I call the Jesus of Nazareth syndrome, you know, to where because people do put such a draw and a demand on you spiritually, you know, it, it's easy for you to kind of find yourself falling into a place to where when people need a healing, to where you almost feel like you have to do something to get them healed, or if they need something to be provided for, that man, you have to do something to be their provider. And God had to really change my my mindset when it came to that, and it set me free, you know, because people will put that on you. And I, I had to just really step forward and understand, you know what? There's only one healer. There's only one great provider, you know, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. We represent him, but we definitely are not him, you know. And our role is vital, uh, and it is definitely ordained of the Lord. But, man, it is it is different than any other it thing. Is. That, uh, you know, like you said, it's different than being a teacher. It's different than being an administrator. Um, it's, it's almost... it's. Sometimes it's hard to find words to describe it. Well, you know, you could not really be a true pastor without having an anointing to teach. Yeah. Uh, that may not be your strongest gift. I mean, in you it is. But I've known pastors that, truthfully, their love walk was the thing that really ministered to people, not Amen. so much their ability to teach the Word line upon line. But, you know, God uses all of these different personalities as part of the body of Christ. And so, uh, you know, we've, we've seen abuses. Yeah. But we've also seen characteristics of people that truly love God and they love the people. They're willing to lay their life down for the sheep. Yeah. And uh, I don't know about you, man. I just love hanging around with people 
that they don't talk so much about themselves. They talk more about how God uses them to be a, a ministry tool because we know we're not the healer. Yeah. We know we're not the deliverer. But all of us, as, as we go through life, learning how to hear his voice so that we can operate just like Jesus operated mm -hmm. Because Jesus was the epitome of a pastor. Yeah, uh, he was the greatest example. You know, and so he and he had the difficulties. He had people desert him, people rip him off, people turn against him. You know, so those are part of the mechanism, the requirements that you're going to have to be able to walk through yourself in order to get to the point that God is truthfully using it. Those are the learning curves, the learning experiences that we all go through. Yeah, it's not fun. Yeah. But you know what? The minute that you stand up and you minister under the anointing of God or you are in a situation to where people are in a desperate need and they're drawing on that anointing, it's worth everything that you go through. It's so true. You know, you you see the value in, in the responsibility that God gives you. When, when, when He allows you to be a minister and He lets you uh, have contact and influence over His flock, sure, uh, it, it's holy ground. And I know for me, my experience when I got saved, God put me in the right church. It was the right time. And it was definitely the right pastor. And I learned in that place that uh, God will appoint people into your life, spiritual leaders that are, they're anointed for you. They're a voice that God will use to help influence and shape your life to cause you to be who he wants you to be. And I guess, I guess that's where my, my, my first understanding really of the role of a pastor came during that season. And, and uh, the scripture that comes to my mind is found in Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15. If you brought your Bibles, pray that you have your Bibles in a notebook. You're definitely going to want to be taking notes. But this is what the Lord said. I'm going to read out the King James. I'm going to read out the Amplified. He says, And I will give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. And then in the Amplified, he says, Then in the final time, I will give you spiritual shepherds after my own heart who will feed you with knowledge and true understanding. You know, pastors, they're given by God to us. The same way that God gave us his son, Jesus Christ. The same way that God gave us his Holy Spirit. Amen. As gifts. You know, he's given us shepherds as, as gifts as well, hasn't he? Yes, he has. Well, I mean, when you think about, you know, Ephesians 4 is really talking to the to the working mechanism of the trainers mm. that are equipping the saints. That's basically what it says, that we're preparing people through the fivefold ministry gift, of which the pastor is the fourth one in line, mm -hmm. is that we are responsible for the productivity of the people that we minister to through the teaching, through the equipping, that we are, are responsible to do through Jesus Christ. And we don't exalt position, but what we do is exalt Jesus. Mm, and good. we just do our job. Yeah, that's right. And we do our job with joy. Because I always think about this, man. What would it be like if we had a small ministry, but one of the people that we're raising up is the next Billy Graham or Reinhard Bonnke or Kenneth Copeland or yeah. uh, Jack Hayford or something. And we're influencing that person who's going to influence millions of people. Yeah. And we're thinking more about our own growth 
instead of thinking about growing people. And so Jesus came not to be served. He came to serve mm. because his whole job was to raise up a people. So then you get to John, the you know, it talks about then greater works than these will you do because yeah. I go to the Father. Yeah, that's and right. So, the idea of it is, is that we're, we're, we don't even realize the potential that through the teaching and this gifting that God gives us, the potential that is in an individual. And now, you, I know that you know that you see potential in people as a pastor. Yes. That doesn't mean that they'll fulfill that, but mm -hmm. you know what they're called to do. Mm -hmm. And so I, my job is not to tell them what they're called to do. My job is to believe that God is going to indicate to them, and then I try to help equip them for the work that God's called them to. But man, I, I'll tell you what, our, our responsibility is so big in the potential working through individuals mm -hmm. that we're responsible to impart into their lives. And to, you know, like the Bible says, you know, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, yeah. mm -hmm. for instruction and in righteousness. Well, you know, sometimes as a pastor, there is a little bit of correction. There is a little bit of reproof. And it's not just a human being doing it. It's the Word of God doing it. Because mm -hmm. we have to, as pastors, we got to submit to the Word. We have to put the Word of God first place in our life. Mm -hmm. I love the move of the Spirit, but the, honestly... The move of the Spirit only comes as a as a byproduct, if you will, yeah. of what the Word is saying. Yeah, and and you know, and I think that when people to to truly grab a hold of the the gift of the fivefold ministry, right. as well as you know, that we know there's additional minister and ministry gifts, administrations, and different sure. things. But I think so often you have some people that they're just churched. They 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 go to a church. And, uh, and if they don't really understand the role of the pastor, they're just happy that there's a guy there that, you know, that makes them laugh, makes them smile. Um, and, and, but as far as the, the, the purpose that God has for gifting them that pastor, you have so many people, they're kind of like, um, it's like my grandkids. You have grandkids. You know, you, you buy them a present, you know, it's Christmas or their birthday. You buy them this present that you know they're going to enjoy this gift, you know, especially when they're young. You're like, oh, man, they're going to really enjoy this. And you give it to them, and they play with the box more than they play with the <laughs> gift. And I see that as a pastor, and I've and I seen this before I became a pastor. i seen how people handled the gift of the pastor in the church, and I watched it bless them as well as I watched some folks... I watched what they lacked because they didn't receive the gift. And, and, and you always find as a pastor, you find out how, how precious you are to people the first time you have to correct them. Isn't that the truth? That's, That's when you true. find out you're a pastor. You know, they're a pastor the first time you have to correct them. Because, you know, in all honesty, and, and, I, and you and me were talking about this uh, during the break, you know, Ephesians chapter 4. And, and I want us to read that because, like you said, it's the job description right. of a minister. But I think that, you know... It, it sometimes it's not it, it's not it's definitely a calling because you know there's another scripture that talks about how God has anointed us you know and gifted us I'm just paraphrasing it in order to show people in which way their lives are wrong because it's not so much that people are born and everything's good you don't find too many books in the bookstore on how to treat your how to teach your children to be bad it's all books on how to make them good because this flesh is corrupt and so when it comes to the pastorate 
for us to truly develop people, you have to identify the, the potential, as you were sharing, of the good that is there. You have to see, if you can see the good in people, you can handle their worst. Right. And I think that's something that you always have to have as a pastor. But I think also, um, you know, it's the understanding, and I've told my church this, you know, I know that there's things that I'm going to teach you that are not going to make you happy. I said, but my position is not to make you happy. I said, I am called to help you. You know, but uh, but I would love for you to read uh, okay. Ephesians chapter 4 and, and break that down for us, Dr. Rogers, because I know you got a firm understanding of that scripture. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God into a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Mm -hmm. Now, the thing of it is, is that Jesus, when he goes to the cross, he has to take away the enemy's authority because the covenant was cut when he died on the cross. And so it closed out the old covenant and it created the new covenant. Amen. So these ministers that are set into place, this is after Jesus takes away the keys of death, hell, and the grave mm -hmm. from the enemy. And he also preaches salvation to all of those that are in Abraham's bosom, which are all of the people that was accounted unto them for righteousness because they believed under the old covenant. Mm -hmm. And so we, when we think about this, this anointing that is upon our lives in ministry is something that Jesus Christ paid for and that he bestowed upon us that we are actually that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, according to Romans 8, has quickened our mortal bodies. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus said that we would operate like him, that if we could just learn to do what he did, mm -hmm. which we just had an example of that here just the other day when we were at the, at the hospital, mm -hmm. that the Holy Spirit spoke to you about the situation. The Holy Spirit revealed something to me about the situation. Yeah. Because I have learned over the years that I can stand on the Word of God as a pastor or as a minister, and I can stand on the Word of God, which we're supposed to. Amen. But there is a higher level, and that is hearing the voice of God to give us instruction onto the time frame or what we're supposed to do even over that Word. Mm -hmm. And so this, this whole idea about these gifts, this is a gift. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you said something earlier about giving gifts to your grandkids, you know, and they play yeah. more with the box. I, I, my contention is about the body of Christ is this, and I think this is the responsibility as a pastor or in, as a teacher uh, in the body of Christ. We, we, we need to help people to not be churched. Yeah, oh, I totally agree with you. We need to help people to be self-learners. To not only hear, but then to investigate to make sure that it's true. Because 
there's a lot of people that they just mimic what I say or what you say or mm -hmm. what Kenneth Colton says or Kenneth Hagen says, but they don't own it. Yeah. They're just mimicking what somebody else has said. So we need to, that's our responsibility as a minister of the gospel, is to get people to study to show themselves approved. I realize that's yeah. for us, mm -hmm. but it's also for the people that you're teaching. Well, you were sharing earlier um, with the Apostle Paul. Yeah. When he was speaking to Timothy. Right. So he, you know, Timothy is this young pastor that he gets raised up. A mega church. A mega church. <laughs> He's the biggest church in the Middle East. Yeah. Young I mean, guy. can you imagine? He's just a young guy, and he goes through this transition from 1 Timothy to 2 Timothy because, you know, the church is blowing the doors off in 1 Timothy. Yeah. Then persecution hits, and so then people desert the ship. And so it's interesting that Paul begins to teach in 2 Timothy. He says, do what you did in the first, but this time, choose faithful people. <laughs> You know, because sometimes as pastors, man, you see the people come walking in the door, and man, they got all moneyed up, and they, you know, they're decorated, and they're educated, and they look the part, and, gifts and, and you talents, know, yeah, the gifts and talents and abilities, and you get sucked into that thing, and then they have no depth spiritually. No character? No character. And so then they blow up on you, and then we're going, God, how could that happen to me? Well, go back to the principle, mm -hmm. teach the principle, because the principle's right. The word is never wrong. The That's word right. is always right. But now you have to really talk to God and you have to handpick an individual that you know is faithful. See, faithful and loyalty are two different things. Oh, come on. That's a whole other subject right there. See, you know, faithful is people showing up. Loyalty is people who watch their back. Yeah, show up early and stay late. And not only that, you don't say anything around a person that's loyal about your pastor. Mm -hmm. Somebody that's loyal will jump down your throat. Now, I, I know that that's a little aggressive, <laughs> but the idea of it is, is that I have seen people that they, you will not talk against the anointing. Yeah. You will not. And that's the way the body of Christ needs to be. It's true. There, yeah, because, you know, when you... Uh, when you truly appreciate the gift that is there, you know, like, you know, you just read this job description, you know, it's for the perfecting of the saint. Right. It's for the work so that they can be prepared to do the work. It's not so that we can do the work. We're called to help equip them so they go out and change the world and build up the body of Christ, make it grow, make it strong. And one of the things that you were sharing earlier with Paul investing into Timothy was he told him, you know, to study to show himself approved. Right. You know, it wasn't all Paul's responsibility to make him grow, he gave him the example, he gave him the tools, he gave him the plan, uh, but the responsibility was his to take that. Do you find that sometimes uh, a challenge for some people when it comes to them understanding your role as a pastor, as a minister, um, that uh, you can give them the gifts or give them the understanding, but it, 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 it uh, it, sometimes it has no place or there's no operation of it. They know more than they obey or... Well, yeah, you know, that's between here and here. And so you can have the head knowledge about something, but if you don't have the heart knowledge and the spirit knowledge mm -hmm. of even the gift that God has given you, then truthfully, you can't really operate in it. You'll operate in it out of your head, mm -hmm. but it never works. 
because we have to have a heart like Jesus in order to operate in that gifting that God has gifted us with. Let me ask you this. Um, you know, with this being Pastor Appreciation Month, you know, what are some ways that people can truly glean the most from those ministry gifts, not just the pastor, but, you know, the gifts of the ministers that God has placed in their lives? What's the best way that people can truly experience the most out of what that, because that minister is anointed for them. What are some of the things that you think that they can do that will cause them to be able to tap into what is available? Well, if I use myself as a yeah, example, use yourself. the greatest gift that you can give me as somebody that's being taught by me as a pastor or as a teacher mm -hmm. is when you take the teachings and you dissect those teachings that you get to the point that the Holy Spirit begins to speak to you through those teachings. I, I remember when I first got going on this thing, I used to take a Kenneth Copeland tape, and I even bought a transcriber right. so that I could listen to the tape. And, you know, it had a foot switch on it. Mm -hmm. So when you would push down on the switch, the thing would play forward, but you let your foot off and it would back up. So I would write the whole tape out. Because I found out something. See, I used to think that Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagin, all they did was tell stories. Mm. And I thought, there is no way people could follow them if they're just telling stories. So I said, there's got to be something in there. I found out that these messages were 90% scripture. Now, it wasn't chapter and verse, mm -hmm. but it was reference to. Yeah. So what I would do is that I would take that tape and then I would get one word that was referring to something in the scripture, and then I'd stop the tape, and then I would start research. And in those days, I didn't even have a computer to do the research. I had to look through the Strong's or the Vines in order to trace that thing out. And it, sometimes it would take six or seven hours to go through one 60-minute yeah. tape. But I, I learned something that I valued the preaching and teaching. To this day, mm -hmm. I still do that. Yeah. Well, I know, like, I remember the last time you ministered, you know, uh, at the, the Visalia campus. Man, when you got done, I was like, man, you are giving me those notes. I'm like, I'm not going to, I quit, I quit taking notes while you were ministering. I was just like, feed me, feed me. And I remember taking those notes. And this is one of the things that blessed me. It's one of, one of your college students. Uh, he came up and he goes, I was going to tell him to give me those notes. I was like, man, you got to show up early at the dinner table, buddy. But it's like, that is such a wonderful compliment. You know, as a pastor, yeah, I think that when people believe in what you're doing. That's true. That means so much to you as a pastor. When you know that, uh, that they see what you see. You know, because what I've learned in pastoring is that if people will believe. Now, we know it's all about Jesus, and you'll understand what I'm saying. But when they believe in, in you, they'll believe in what you're doing. If they believe in, in, in who you are, you know, in Christ, they'll have no problem wanting to build the vision that God has given you to place in front of them. And I just think that it goes back to, you know, what you read earlier, you know, that God gave gifts. Right. And uh, we have to receive those gifts and allow those gifts to have their place, to have that function. Uh, if we're truly going to get the most out of why God placed us in that ministry. Well, you know, 
that scripture, if you just read that scripture without studying that scripture, you miss the whole point. Yeah. You so you can read the Bible for volume, but if you don't study the Bible, you miss the whole point. Yeah. Because there's a connection to the Messiah from Genesis 3.15. And it goes all the way through the Old Testament and gets its nuggets that gets revealed in Jesus Christ. It was prophesied and worked through for 4,000 years until Jesus manifests. And so the Bible is not just a book to be read. It's mm. a book to be studied. Mm. And that's why it's so important that people it have is. a pastor. Because pastors will help you to discover the truths and the beauty of what is hidden in this book for you. Amen. We love you much. Thank you for being our guest today. We look forward to being with you again in the future. God bless you.